podcast, muscle and fluff. Dad by podcast, yeah, we keep it tough. Dad by podcast, something you can feel. Dad by podcast, keep it so real. Dad by podcast, muscle and fluff. Dad by podcast, yeah, we keep it tough. Dad by podcast, something you can feel. Dad by podcast, yeah, keep it real. And welcome everyone to the Dad Bod Podcast. The perfect blend of muscle and fluff with your boy, Raining Gritty Green, the sexiest dad bod alive. Welcome, let's get it, let's go! Yo, 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 what is up, what is up, we're back, we're back, we're back. It is the Dad Bob Podcast with your boy, me, Raymond Gritty Green, live in effect, as they say back in the day, live in effect. Yeah, I'm right here for you. The the greatest show on the planet right now This is the Dad Bob Podcast, and I'm glad you're tuning in with me. Yo, I want to get things started. First and foremost, I like to get the the, the paperwork out to way. And uh, the, the first thing I want to say is thank you, everybody who has been listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, we have international listeners, and I want to send a special shout-out to the listeners that I have over in Poland. I have some listeners over there. It it may be one or two or three of them, but I want to send a special shout-out to them. It's a lot going on in the world right now. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, all my listeners, thank you so much all over the country, all over the world, internationally, man. The Dad Bob Podcast has been doing absolutely outstanding, right? Outstanding. And uh, I thank you for everyone that's tuning in. And for everyone that is tuning in, our number one sponsor right now is BK, oh, not me, BK Republic Apparel and Outfitters. Yo, they got all the freshest gear you could possibly get. You want that drip? They got it. You want that lit? They got it. You know what I'm saying? You you go to their store, you go get Liddy, as they say. Liddy. They got sneakers. They got hoodies, T-shirts, jeans, coats. I mean, absolutely everything you could possibly imagine they have on that website. But the, the thing that sets them apart is, is, is hip-hop influence. For the old hip-hop heads all the way up to the new school hip-hop heads, the new school cats, you know, everybody is included on their website. Absolutely. I mean, they got new HBCU gear on there. They got Trial Call Quest gear on there. They got Sway in the Morning gear on there. Like, they got a whole lot of stuff on there. Drop by there ASAP. And, and if you put in hashtag DadBot Podcast, Dad Bod Podcast, that's D-A-D-B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, hashtag Dad Bod Podcast. When you're checking out, guess what? You get 10% off on me, on, on your boy Gritty, because we connected like that. I'm, I'm connected like that. You can come through, get your get your nice gear. You know, the springtime is around, coming, coming right up on us. Summertime coming right up on us. <laughs> you want to make sure you get that drip. You know what I'm saying? For for those seasons, you know, be seasonably fashioned. All right. And uh, and if you don't know, what I need you to do is also really go to my website. That's dadbodpc.com. Okay. 
dadbarpc.com. Let me show you what's up with that. Let me show you. If you go to dadbarpc, if we can pull it up here, dadbarpc, you go to the store. You can stream the podcast from there. You can go to the store, which I really want you guys to know. Anything that you purchase in my store, a part of the proceeds go to helping young brothers out there in in you know in in the inner city where I'm at, in the urban city where I'm at, get haircuts. You know, the, it starts at the barber shop for a lot of these young men. You know, the conversations, good or bad, there they can see the best of life and the worst of life in the barber shop. But overall, at least they can look fly when they go to school. And a lot of kids I notice out there, you know. You, when you when you look and feel your best, you do your best. You read your best. You do your math your best when you're at school because you're feeling yourself a little bit. And you want to feel yourself sometimes. So part of the proceeds when you go get a T-shirt, a hoodie, a mask, I mean, even the Dad Bob Podcast mug, you can sit it right there up on your up, up on your chest. You know what I'm saying? You can sit it right up on your chest and, and just sip sip your nice coffee right there. Just sip your tea, whatever you want to sip on it. You know, it's uh, it's it's great to have around. But again, the biggest the biggest part of this by by utilizing my website, part of the proceeds go to help somebody, right? So that's what the bigger cause is. But um, back to the Dad by Podcast here. You know, the underlying message for today is, you said it, you said it, and what I mean by that is, you said it. You know. Your words have power. Your words have manifestation capabilities. You know, you said it. So, you know, that goes into a whole lot of other things. But uh, we'll get into that as the show goes on. Just be ready. And uh, I would like, I would like everybody to know that I have a very, 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 very special guest on today. As you know, I always have the coolest guests around right here on the show. This guy I've known for a few years. One and I and and this would be the second time I had to do this, but I, I have no problem saying it again. One of the wisest young brothers I know. He's very artistic. Very he he, he is he is the he is what you call the example of what selfless service is all about. You know, he definitely is a philanthropist. He's he's a podcaster as well. Uh, man, it's it's so many things I can say about this brother. But the one thing I will say about this brother, he is one of the realest, absolute realest people I know personally. And I want to welcome this awesome, 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 outstanding brother to the Dad by Podcast. My boy, my brother. Ricardo Mitchell. What's good, man? <laughs> Yo, Gritty, how you doing, man? It, it's 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 good to be here. Uh, out of Trinidad and Tobago, West Indies, southernmost islands of the Caribbean. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> had to open <laughs> my curtains up, right? But the yeah, sun man. is so bright. <laughs> the sun is so bright, it's going to throw up the lighting in the room. So, you know, I, I can't even let you all get in all this Caribbean goodness just yet. Hey man, hey man, hey! Look, that Caribbean sun. I know it's getting nice down there right now too. It's like that prime, that prime time, man. That fresh sea air, 
that you know fresh fruits in the air you can smell the fruit when when one thing i know about the caribbean you can smell the fruit growing all over the place it with it mixed with that fresh sea breeze omg that's a man that's heaven (laughs) right now um it's it's what we call mangoes mango season right it's the dry season here uh, we we don't have uh, summer and winter and that type of thing. We have the rainy season and we have the dry season. So oh, we're in yeah. the dry season right now. There's a lot of mango pollen in the air, that type of thing. So, you know, it's um beautiful weather. And in fact, today would have been carnival. Today would have been our carnival uh, Tuesday. So uh, what, what, what would have normally happened would have been... Tens of thousands of people would have flown into the country, put on I costumes. Had to have you, and... I, I would have had to have you like broadcast live from Carnival, man. Because <laughs> you know, in the states, on stateside, you know, it's like Fat Tuesday here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in Louisiana, you know, they, you know, it's Mardi Gras in in, mm-hmm. in Louisiana, which is very, yeah. you know, it's that that time of the year, and uh, you know, down there, man, I would have had to have you broadcast from that, dude. Well, you, you would have you would have been hearing music. You would have been hearing music. Like there's music across the country. And wow. uh but you know we we you know we have a particularly unique challenge this past couple of years. Yes. So flight isn't what it was, uh some of the celebrations aren't what they were. And that's that's all right too, you know. Uh, you you have to cross the bridge at your own. And this is the bridge we own right now, so Hey man, it's nothing like seeing some speakers on the back of a flatbed with a bunch of people jumping up and down on it, man. It's nothing. It's nothing like it, you know. <laughs> Yo, it it gets it gets wild. We it gets wild. We be talking about fifteen inch scoops stacked six and seven speakers high <laughs> on these. You know, it, it gets wild. It gets wild. Like they, they literally have to shut the country down for the two days. Right? Literally. Wow. No school, no work. I mean, of course, essential services have to still function. You know, you you need your protective services, you need your medical staff, that's all. Oh of yeah, thing. yeah. Right? Utilities. Oh, definitely medical. But, <laughs> definitely but, medical um, and utilities. That's that's what it you, takes you for, know? for a carnival. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but aside from that, everyone else they pretty much know how difficult it's going to be to get to and from where you're going, even in terms of just supervision. It's it, it's a it's a really amazing experience. In fact, I'm I'm drinking coffee from my from a cup. Right, this is um this is part of a carnival collection that a friend of mine is doing. This is Dingole. Right, Dingole is us. Uh. It's this feeling, it's this feeling of just letting loose and letting the music do what it does. It's it's rhythmic, it's a surrender to the to the energy of the experience. And there's this mm. dude called the Midnight Rubber. He's like a notorious lyricist. So he comes out, he cracks his whip, and then he he captivates you with a tail. And if you enjoy the tail, well then you know you you give him a little something. If you don't enjoy the tale, well, you don't give him something and you might get the whip. Who knows? But <laughs> it, it's such a it's such a rich experience. And I mean, of course, with every experience, there are good and bad sides to it. You know, some people overindulge uh, because of the rich African uh, traditions. 
right? A lot of it is frowned upon in terms of just, you know, we, we're not going to go too far into yeah. what uh, slavery and the post-colonial world did in terms of the feelings that we have about our traditions and our ancestry. But mm-hmm. it's, a very, it's a very rich and interesting experience. And having to practice it in this very sterile manner, I mean, you would have had events where artists and artists would be performing on stage and, you know, everyone is separated in these little pods with three or four people in these little clusters. And it's not the unifying experience that we normally get where so many different cultures come together. There's different interactions. It is yes. very it is very difficult. It is very difficult when you have a society of people who are so highly communicative and we we notorious for being warm. We notorious for being warm. But it doesn't mean that we don't have our challenges and that there aren't lines that are drawn. And this yes. is one of those times where the lines are eroded and you feel a real sense of connection to your citizenry. Trinidad and Tobago has people from uh, African descent, Indian descent, Portuguese, Dutch, uh, Spanish, British. What I mean is we, we have such a diverse population, right? Even yes. from mainland South Africa, South America, sorry. Like my grandmother is from Venezuela, right? So wow. almost everyone in Trinidad and Tobago is mixed in some form or fashion. And a carnival is a true expression of that happening. So for it to not happen the way that it usually does, a lot of people are struggling with that lack of release, you know? So hey, that's what the dad by that's time. what the dad by podcast is all about, man. It's it's about the mixture of muscle and fluff, right? That's a dad by muscle up top, fluff down. You know, it's the perfect blend of muscle and fat, right? And that's what it sounds like. You have a that melting pot where you have to have you you have a nice blended balance. And I think a lot of people don't realize we have that balance everywhere we live. We have that balance everywhere, almost absolutely everywhere we live in this world. You're going to have that balance because one thing I do know is we're all connected. Everybody's connected. Everybody is interrelated with one another in some form or fashion. And uh, that's why the the saying, you know, like the world is is small. You know, the world is really small because we're all connected, you you know. And and shrinking. (laughs) It is small and shrinking. (laughs) Let's put it this way, right? I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, Marbella, this little village in the southwest, and well, a town. And I'm on a podcast, the Dad Bud podcast, with Raymond Greedy Green (laughs) out of North Carolina. I never set foot in the States, right? And I'm on a podcast in North Carolina. Right. What I'm saying is the, the world is getting smaller. Yeah. Right? And yep. not to the... not to get like immediately heavy, but I do have to say something, bro. Uh go ahead. Sorry if I throw off these, these segues no. you might have had no. in mind, but that's what my show is about, man. Let's roll. You know, that's what we do. We right. we get deep, we get light, we get hard, soft, whatever. You know, that's what we do. Okay. So when the news of Russia and Ukraine started coming out. I felt deeply saddened because because of the CHH, the Christian hip-hop community, because of some of the connections I've made, some of the brotherhoods and sisterhoods that have been forged across the seas, I'm seeing people sending their kids back out 
and it hurt me because these are people that I've never actually met, but they've come to mean something to me. And what happens now is you have a situation, you have a situation where these, a lot of these kids came back home a couple months ago. They literally came back home a couple months ago from Afghanistan. And I'm thinking, you know, this was not troop withdrawal. They gave these kids shore leave. <laughs> literally brought them back home. Mm -hmm. Right? To prep for yeah. what was coming next. And it was sad to see, like, I mean, I'm I'm speaking on, I'm feeling it personally. Because another thing that I've seen a lot of is how much of the American community has served the idea of a veteran based on what you see on television is somebody who's in the 40s 50s and 60s and you know they're getting the aarp and that type of thing and you know they're sitting down in these homes relishing over these old stories but that's not the reality the reality is that you have 30 year old veterans 25 year old veterans people whose lives have been like changed in ways that they didn't sign up for and to see these kids going back out this soon especially for things that they have so little control over and ultimately might be so i don't want to say meaningless eh? because the service is not meaningless but a lot of the times the reasons are and i feel it because now you're going back out there for something that i mean you love you love your country and you want and you love there are principles there there are things that you want to stand for but it cannot be easy going back out there or going out there for the first time and heading into danger when so many people are trying to get away from it. So just to see how it actually impacts the families, this is no longer just a news report. This is no longer just a highlight reel. This is no longer something I could just scroll past because it doesn't concern me. I know mm -hmm. people who have kids out there. I know people who are doing logistics for these things out there. I mean, my uncle, he's in Texas and he's a vet. And one of the deepest conversations we had about was about some of the experiences he had when he was serving like 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is it it's not easy. You know, and so, the, the world is so small now, every, it impacts everyone. Ricardo. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a U.S. Army veteran. Right? And I will say this. I'll never take back joining. Mm -hmm. And I say this because at the time I, you know, had a I was back at home at a at a what 19, right? I had went out and and my dad was like, you can't be sitting here. And he pulled me out to the middle of the highway, literally. Like we lived like off of a back road type highway. And it's a highway. It's a, a real US highway. Yeah. He pulled me into the middle of it. And said, there goes north, south, east, and west. Which way are you going? Which way are you going to go, son? That very next day, I went to the recruiting office and signed up. I needed three hots. I needed three meals. That's where three hots are. Mm -hmm. And a cot. And that's that means a, a place to lay my yeah. head. Three hots and a cot. <laughs> yeah. Three hots and a cot. But what people don't understand is, there's, I'm just one of the people that did it for that. There are so many people in there that just do it to have a place to lay their head, some income coming in, mm -hmm. get some food, 
that kind Education, of thing. Education, training, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I did find out is internationally from other soldiers, it's the same thing. No matter if it's the opposing side or the or the whatever side you are, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do the same exact thing. Uh, I spoke to some elders of of a of a tribe, right? Of a Afghani tribe, and it, and that's how it was explained to me. He said, "Why did you join?" And I said, "Because I need a place to sleep and some food." And he said, "So why don't you think they do that same thing too?" Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, "Ah, it puts so much stuff in perspective." So yeah. when you're in a when you're in a broken place, it's hard to implant. It's not hard. It's easy to implant certain ideologies and stuff when you're broken down, right? It's yeah. like they pimp. It's like you. It's like I'm a pimp. It's like they're a pimp, right? Pimps get people while they broke down and try to give them a better better of life and stuff. You know, I would never take it back because I feel like I'm one of a part of one of the biggest fraternities in the entire mm-hmm. world. You know, like I have all kinds of military brothers and sisters, family that was military, all kinds of people. Right. We have a common denominator between us of what we went through that we can relate to that no one else is going to be able to ever relate to, you know. Um, But when it comes down to it and people ask, man, well, why are these people fighting? And they know it's wrong. They know that there's certain things just wrong. Right. It's because their family need to eat. They need to eat. They need a place to stay. Yeah. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And I came up with a theory. And tell me if I'm wrong, man. Now, I have a theory to end all of this crap. And I'm going to put it out there. And people are going to be like, man, that's crazy. But it's the truth. If all the soldiers of every military in the world just said, F it, I'm done. I ain't doing this no more. I'm not fighting. Let y'all bankers fight. Let y'all y'all dignitaries fight mm. each other. We're not doing it. If every last soldier just united together, because they all feel the same way. Everybody feels the same same way. There are people that truly go gun ho in it, but there's mm-hmm. the majority that I know. The majority I know usually just in it to to get through it, so they can get some type of benefit when they get out. Yeah, and and if everybody said. We're done. If all soldiers of the world united and said, we're done, we ain't fighting no more wars for nobody, nothing. It'll end all this bull crap because they'll have nobody to fight for they for they bull crap. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I don't want to be the guy who goes that way. But the fact remains is that hungry people can't afford to do that. That That is, that is, the, that is the fact. Hungry people cannot afford to say no. We're not doing it. You you literally have an entire demographic, an entire sector of your population that is almost always guaranteed to have to take the three hots on a cut. Yeah. So what you get is that your principles come second to your survival. So, and and, and that's implanted systematically. Yeah, that, that's kind of systematic. You you know we that's facts that it's systematic. It's yeah. it's almost our our subconscious is programmed certain ways, and and we have to like reprogram our subconscious a lot. 
you know, mm-hmm. to 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 naturally do certain things. But keep going, man. You, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, when it comes no, to no, the no. military, man, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I have I have some I have good stories and I have bad stories because I've seen both sides of the of the bird. You know, I've seen both wings yeah. and and I've seen the meat and potatoes inside that bird, and it's like, ooh, the the, ins- the guts of it is just. Ratchet, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's it's rancid inside that bird, and and you start seeing it, and and then it's going through the veins of the bird to the wings, and then you see how it gets implanted inside of certain things, and why yeah. certain things happen, and when you see that, you can't unsee it. So I won't I won't tur- turn off all my listeners, but truth is, there's a good and bad side to everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but that's that's the whole point of having this conversation is muscle and fluff. Right, yep. let's yep. <laughs> you know what's one of the things that amazes me about what we've seen over the last decade specifically. And with anyway, let me not say that. I'm looking to get you cut off the air. But no, we, go ahead. Seen... This I control this. I I, I send the my own self. <laughs> no, uh there's a, a divisiveness, there's a very specific polarizing spirit, right? That is mm. forcing people one way or another we've lost all concept of uh nuance subtlety spectrum uh even the communication styles that exist now are no longer you know what i can have more than one opinion about something because now it's called sitting on the fence it's called being indecisive it's being lukewarm mm-hmm. so you know there is even um even within the church they'll tell you that you know you, you have to pick a side what yep. you're seeing now is uh, particularly with some of the leaders of some of these nations over the past decade, specifically, you've seen an erosion of even things like, um, and particularly over the last 20 years or so, you've seen an erosion of what you would call middle class. So now, mm-hmm. economically, in terms of principle, in terms of politics, you, you're being forced to pick a side, even if there is room for a combination of perspectives. So the polarization that we're seeing now is removing the idea that you can't be muscle and fluff, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> there, there's, there's no room to see the good and bad in a situation. It's like, mm. yo, N-word, pick a side. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, yeah. imagine, we can't have a conversation where I could say, yo, there are things about carnival that are good or bad without somebody coming after me as if I'm unpatriotic. Or I'm, I'm hating on my, my African heritage. Or exactly. you can't say that there are sides haven't served their good and bad sides to the military without somebody coming after you and saying you are a traitor to your country, or somebody yeah. saying that you are a traitor <laughs> to the brotherhood. Or what? What? Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And you said you said it though. The uh, the 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 dissolution of the middle class, right? Mm-hmm. That middle class, and it's like. In middle class, you're too rich to be broke, and you're too broke to be rich, right? right? And and here in America, when it's like that, it's hard. It is so hard because you start to live. You're not living superly check to check, but you're living check to check, and mm-hmm. you can't go out and get the loan you may need or do a certain thing you may need because you you're not there. But if you apply for some type of assistance, you're not you're, there you're, either. And 
that is that is part of the systematic strategy that you mentioned earlier. This the, yeah. we are the middle class has been replaced by what you call the working poor. The working poor, where you you're above needing um social services, right? Or that's that particular it, social exactly. support yeah, or that welfare. Exactly. But you don't qualify for that Bugatti life, right? <laughs> what yeah. what a, is is you're, you're in this position where you either have to choose to identify above your means, or you have to or you you know you're forced to be ratchet where you might have a little paper but you're not wealthy so yeah. you you have to identify with being broke being hood yeah. rich yeah and you you, hey, you, you know what's thing? crazy you know yeah. what's crazy I'm sorry to cut you off but what's crazy is it came to my mind when you said when we were talking about this it's mm. it's even harder for men here it's even harder for the dad bots out there that are trying to do well, right? Are trying mm -hmm. to do the right thing. And hey, we might need a little bit of assistance. Get help me get over this hump. Let me get over this hump. I've paid into this system. Can I at least get a little bit of help to get over yeah. the hump so I can get myself in a better position and leave this this uh help for somebody else to be able mm -hmm. to use. But I need assistance so I can get over the hump so somebody else yeah. can and, and they make it so hard, it's almost virtually non-existent for dudes here they and and systematically that's the division that they're trying to drive inside the household this is um man that that that, that is a reality right that is reality the, the premise of community has been replaced by a system so what we would have done because it was within our natures to do because it was expected on a societal level we now have an external system designed to facilitate that. And because we have to acknowledge within humanity, there are people who are going to support the system and there are people who are going to corrupt the system. They have to put so many checks and balances in place to protect the system that it doesn't even work anymore. Right? Yeah. The, red, the red tape alone is a deterrent to the people who need it the most. Right, you might just in Trinidad and Tobago we have a thing called credit unions, right? They're not mm -hmm. like banks, but they're like these community groups that allow you to save and invest, and they are a little more flexible than the banking system is. Mm -hmm. And what I wonder sometimes is when did we lose? Well, no, nah, actually, you know what? I don't even have to go down that road. We know when we lost that sense of community and communal responsibility. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I was, I've been right. thinking community the whole time we've been right. talking about this. There's no so, community left, no true community. No, like, for, for some. Yeah, yeah. Others have their communities. Others have been allowed to preserve the communities. <laughs> Others have been allowed to reimport the communities, etc. So let's not use any words that are going to get us kicked off of YouTube. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to say that it is for some, right? And the, the challenge we have now is to try to rebuild something, integrate in the other communities, because together is the only way that it's going to improve. We're seeing that as it is, it's not working. It's not sustainable, right? And yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful experience. I'll admit to be a part of the generation that says we stop kicking the can down the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for that. We stop kicking the can down the road. Right? Yeah. And we kind of out of touch with the generation that is coming after us, but we are a lot more aware of them and what the needs would be and what the consequences of our actions are than the generation before us. So we are that, we are that age where we know about 
a cassette player and sitting listening to music yeah. Yeah. and hoping the DJ doesn't talk through the intro to the song <laughs> while you're while you're recording. Uh, pause record, right? And yeah. we we know about that, but we also we went through the whole Napster era, right? Where it would yeah. take you like two and a half days to download a song. And then yeah. we also got to the point where yo, you could you could watch you could stream a movie in seconds. Yeah. From some backwater <laughs> um yeah. spot where your 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 data is dipping. What I mean is we've seen the before and after. Yep. Seen, you know what? You know, after. I think a lot of a lot of the kids now, so I have a teenager, right? Yeah. She'll be 15. Happy birthday, Buki. You're gonna be 15 in a couple days. Hey, big up Buki. <laughs> um so I had to realize that me and her are a lot of life, which mm-hmm. was causing like this conflict between this teenager thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, we are really, really alike. And I think that's why sometimes I get enraged because I know the road and the decisions that you're making and where it's going to lead you if you keep that way. Because you're exactly like me. You're exactly we exactly the carbon copy of mm-hmm. how I move. She is that. And I see this with a lot of the kids and what I have done as a parent. Right. Somebody, like you said, who has seen the transition. I grew up born in 80. Mm -hmm. So I got the tail end of the 70s where people were a little confused on what they wanted to wear. (laughs) You know, it was like nobody. It was that that stuck point, like between 70s and this new age coming in. So I got the I got the old school. Education, I got that old school great grandmother, super old still taking me out shopping to education, right? So mm. I seen the records. I seen yeah. the old I seen the old weather radios that they used to have in their house. When people used to put barometers on their house to check the right. air pressure to see if it was going to be a tornado or a hurricane. Mm-hmm. I seen that. I grew up seeing that, right? So the transition of just music alone and I you know me, I'm a musician. So seeing the transition from records to tapes, to VCRs, mm-hmm. the big reel to reels, you know, yep. it was records, reel to reels, all that stuff until it's now it's almost non-existent. Like my car does not even have a CD player in it anymore. Your your laptop wouldn't have a CD player in it anymore. Yeah. Um, the, yo, this this radio station I work with, right? Big up Walk ninety point one FM, Trinidad and Tobago. Big up, big up, big up. Total local radio station in the country. Imagine that one radio station, one FM station that is purely dedicated to local content. And sometimes you get these uh, these these guys who have 20, 30, 40 years in music. You know, these Calypsonians, they're coming in yeah. and they're walking with CDs. And <laughs> you're like, yo, you think you've caught up by having your music on CD. Yeah, but nobody, no Mac, no laptop. No, nah. where, where, where are we gonna play a CD in twenty twenty two? Hey man, that's hey. like what? That's like them walking into your radio station with a dub plate. You know <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like yo, email, 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 right? <laughs> Just put your metadata and send yeah. me a song. Yeah, and exactly. What I mean is that's that's what's happening. We we actually in a position to help navigate a change, a, a technological, and don't let nobody tell you otherwise, right? Changes in technology impact societal ethics and standards. 
let's put it like this. Closed circuit TV will help reduce crime because it can't hide certain things. Yep. But it also erodes privacy. Mm. So what I'm saying is the give and take, the muscle and fluff of it all. Yeah, We're we yeah. losing the ability to combine elements to get the best out of situations with this enforced polarization. So mm. what you're talking about there, being able to see the transition, you know what you're seeing in your daughter? You see in the version of you that would have existed in this day, and it scares you because there are it, things about this day <laughs> that you can't handle at this age. Facts. <laughs> right? Facts. Facts. It, it's like they don't know mm. what is ahead of them. And, mm. and they just, they're so right now. They're so right yeah. now. You and, and, and they think they, I hate to sound like like my granddad or my dad, but so you think you know it. everything, right? You, yeah. think, you think you know everything, but it's still a different time. And and it's it's crazy because they're coming up in this technology age, but know so little about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They know yeah. how to use that phone. They know how to use certain things, but they're not, it's like they're not even excited for the fact that you can actually control certain technology if you know the insides of how to program it. If you, you're going to be so much well off in this future that's coming, if you can understand the bare bones of the technology, which our generation were the ones that created it. Yo, I'm telling you, one of the first transcontinental messages in history, right, originated from a Trinidad and Tobago radio station, this huge satellite, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is there are contributions for tomorrow that you can make today, and you don't know what they're going to be. Our generation used to get in trouble for, you know what we would have, we would have done? I'm pretty certain I could say this with all confidence. <laughs> we would have took apart something we weren't supposed to. Did it all the time. All Did the time. All the time. Like, mash up the TV, <laughs> mash up the telephone, mash up the radio, mash up the vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Did right? it all the time, man. I used to do all my remote control cars. I did the radio like crazy. I, you know, there was a time when you could go to the store and buy put together radios. When you go to Radio Shack or something like that, we would go in and buy the pieces and sit down and learn how to actually build a radio and understand what it's actually doing. You know, and that's all this is, yeah. is advanced radio yeah. technology. Everything is over the wave. We're over waves right now, floating through the waves of ether that are in the universe. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing right now. And I think kids take that for granted a little bit. They, they just, they got it. They, they growing up with it. They have it, but they didn't grow up yeah. when it was being made. So, you, you see. <laughs> so the, the catch is now we still have uh, the element of comparison where we're not so intimidated by technology as a generation before might've been, but we also seen what we're losing because of it. Right. And you know what? It It is kind of sad. It is kind of scary because as fast as the technology advances, is the more the humanity seems to decline. And we don't sit quietly 
anymore. We don't sit still. We don't, we, we, we very rarely spend time together to be able to exchange and interact. So you know what happens? Back in our time, you got a television in the house and mm-hmm. you know what? You had to watch this one television. So even though there was a technological, if you had a television, that is, even though there was a technological introduction, it still served in a unifying manner, right? The kids might have come together to watch news or to watch a favorite program, etc., or whatever was on. No, everyone has their own screen in their pocket wherever they're going. Dude, so it I'm, so, I'm so guilty. Swung. I'm so guilty. I'm so guilty. I, everybody has devices in this house. When mm-hmm. it comes to the yeah. evening... When it comes to the evening, now we have our times where we have family time, you know, and all of that good stuff. But it's all like, all right, you get yours, you get yours, you go over here, you go over here, I'm over here, let's chill. This is our chill time. Right. You know, we're not not arguing over the TV, right? (laughs) We're not arguing over, and everyone has headphones. So nobody's hearing, nobody's stuff is bothering anybody else. So it has gone from being a community thing to a divisive thing. Uh, device, divisive. Haha, <laughs> well played. So <laughs> here to catch with this too. You remember when Nintendo came out, right? And, yeah. you know, maybe Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Oh. I'm not even going to go oh, back man. to like the Atari and Commodore. Oh, days, man. Right? I loved it. But, um, I loved it. <laughs> right? So we, you, you would hear, right, you want to play Nintendo? You had to wait until... Nobody is watching anything on TV. They, they want you about sitting too close to the screen because you're going to spoil your eyes. Um, yeah, the Nintendo's yeah. busting up the um, or the Nintendo's going to spoil the television. All of these, yeah. and now you're seeing these entire device, these entire systems, and the roster of games fitting in an app on an emulator or on your phone, and you're thinking like, "Yo, this was a thing you had to connect this exterior device." to a television nobody else could have used the television while it was going on you had all these cords and all these wires i mean come on it it is it is ridiculous what you could do now and this is their normal they don't they can't appreciate their normal yeah yeah <laughs> right but we but know what it was like before it's gonna come a day man so for me i'm a little bit of a gamer you know i have I got some virtual glasses. I got some VR glasses that I use and I'm in this metaverse. I'm I'm in the virtual world interacting with people all over the world now, like mm. all over the world. And I say this to say that my son, while he's sitting down playing Xbox one, he got the Xbox, right? He got his headsets on. He's talking to kids all over the world that are playing yeah. the same game. He's made yeah. friends in England. He's got friends all over the freaking world at yep. eight years old. He has friends. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid at eight years old, we did pen pals. We wrote letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm yep. saying? It's so it's it's the same thing, but just a different technology, different view. It's the same thing. Nothing's new under the sun, and that's real. Yeah. Nothing's new under the sun. It just it just adapts and morphs into a different form. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But as a kid, for me to have virtual glasses right now, my kids don't understand why I'm dumb, stupid, excited about it. Because when I was a kid, that was stuff I seen in movies. That was stuff like, you know, Mm -hmm. like that was out of this world. And now it's in the world like right now. 
And I'm like, yo, I got some, man, I'm a whole cartoon in another, in another planet. <laughs> yo, when, when you said Metaverse, the first thing I thought was, um, Jeremy Duncan, big up J Don Raptor Ready Productions, boom. You know, he's, he's big on the meta. So I'll probably send you a link so y'all could hook up and do whatever it is oh, you yeah. do online. Yeah, I love and, um, the Metaverse. The Matrix. Right? But you know what we had? <laughs> we had those big red, um, photo viewers where you had to press the little button yeah, and click the, the slide. Yeah, yeah. I, I, had the thriller, I had the Michael Jackson Thriller, man. I wore that thing on view. I would play the Thriller record and yo, go through my viewfinder at the same time. Yo, we had an Etch-A-Sketch, right? Yes, <laughs> we had an Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah. Yo, these dudes are full. They have a generation of kids, 70-year-olds with YouTube channels and their content creators and they have art, all these apps for you to do graphic design and that type of thing. What I'm saying is, yes, we we are losing certain things, but we also gain in certain things. So I'm never going to come out and bash people for giving their kids a device. What I'm saying is be aware of some of the things they'll be exposed to. You know, teach them the personal discipline to know, well, hey, yo, I need to cut this off because screen addiction is a real thing. It's going to jack up my sleep patterns. It's going to jack up my mental growth. It's going to exactly. jack up my ability to add it. Right. Yeah. What I'm so we, 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 we said caps. We need to marry. We said, yeah. You're right. We said caps on those things. So even when we're not there, it won't function. And whatever they do on there, guess what? I can see everything mm -hmm. that they're doing now. It gives us now. If we would have had this kind of monitoring when I was a kid, I would have been in a lot of trouble. Because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. We, <laughs> yeah. we know. We. We. <laughs> I've been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> You but, know how much trouble we didn't get into <laughs> because yeah. it was offline. Yeah, we. Yeah, we. Uh, come on, <laughs> you. You know what the nineties were like. We'd have been cancelled, time and time again. We'd hey. have been our. Uh, anyway, hey, look. Anyway. You say carnival. When I was a teenager, I skipped out with my friends and went to Freaknik in Atlanta. That that's like carnival. That was like yeah. carnival, and I was like fifteen. I'm supposed to be at a friend's house, but I'm down in Freaknik with a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, right, 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 right. And, right. and if we would have mm -hmm. had the technology now, oh, I've been in so much trouble. Oh God, oh, I've been yeah. in so much. <laughs> I've right. been in trouble. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, yo, I'm, they're, they're kids getting in, into trouble for things that we did and didn't yeah. get noticed, didn't get <laughs> caught, and. So that's why we, you kind of have to like find balance, right? We, the, the either or mentality, the, the polarization. We throw in babies out of bathwater and acknowledge that the world is changing. We have to change with it. Our kids aren't coming up in the world that we came up in. No, they're not, man. Right? Like my son, we had to switch this whole YouTube algorithm up. One day mm. we go in there. It's a joke between me and my wife, but it's funny and not funny, but it's funny. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. glad that I have a, a, a manly man son. I will be proud of that. That I, right, even right, if right. it wasn't, but but it makes me even right, more right, proud right. dad, right? So I go in there. This man is watching between nothing but I have no problem with dirt bikes. Like, you know, watch dirt bikes. They're cool. I like dirt bikes too, you know. Right. But then it, it switches to booties. And and I was like, Hold right. up, what are you watch? What are you <laughs> It was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like watching twerking and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, yo, yeah. What? and he wasn't yeah, mad at yeah, it. He yeah. was like, I was like, <laughs> but yeah, the exposure yeah. to certain things at a certain time is just, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can, I, and I got scared because I remember when I was a kid, 
you make sure you check the VCR tape that was in that VCR before you hit play. That's, when I was a kid, I accidentally hit play on the VCR and was like, oh, snap. Oh, oh! <laughs> Yo, if I if 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 I if I could be transparent for a moment, one of the yeah. one of the worst emotional experiences I could remember is a videotape I was not supposed to be watching getting stuck <laughs> in the VCR. Oh! <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like freaking out. <laughs> You're like, oh come on, and and no. Oh, this is not how I'm gonna go out. And you know what? Yeah, I had to, I actually had to open the VCR Thank player you. Right? and then pull it up off the little real thing, right? And then what what I'm saying is even even those checks and barriers, you know, in businesses, I think called the barrier to entry, right? The 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 challenge there is to engage and act. The kids don't have barriers to entry or exit, as the case may be, in the way yeah. that we did. So you know what? Yeah. There were still limiting factors. I'm not saying that we were angels and innocent, right? No. But what I'm saying is that even the, the risk of getting caught and corrected was so yes. much higher then, right? That you had to be, I would don't want to say more deliberate, but you there were deterrence, right? Exactly. Now, yeah. man, these kids know about... Um, going online incognito and using VPNs and clearing browser yes. histories and caches. Yeah. So, deleting cookies. And what I'm saying is they, they, they cover the trails in ways that we can't even imagine. But see, I got an example of that. Daughter on stuff not supposed to be on. Right. Why you need to why you need to clear your cookies out before I look at this? She don't even know that dad been in programming. I'm the dumbest guy in the world. So just know to any teenager that we're the dumbest guys in the world. We we don't know nothing. Teenagers act nothing. like we don't know nothing. Like we didn't nothing. create the technology that you're yeah. using. We yeah, created yeah. caches. We created cookies. We created that. My generation. So right. what I need you to know is, oh, well, I was just, uh, nope, it's not just, uh, it's not just, uh, let's go back. Let's reel into to your history further. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. They don't know I can go into a DOS prompt and look this stuff up. Don't know right. that I can go into and look at everything, right? Kids right now, you're right. They're trying to cover it. I say that to say they try to cover themselves in ways that we uh, we open the VCR. That's their version of opening the right. VCR. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, you, you know, as as I said, the covering there, I want to point out that none of this is new. All right, let's go back to Genesis. Literally, Adam, Eve, Apple, or whatever the fruit was, right? Yeah. And uh, the, the, when the, <laughs> right? it could have been a mango. It could have been yeah. a mango, right? Yeah. God was like, "Hey, yo, where you been? Um, uh, what? Nothing. We ain't doing nothing." And they tried to cover up. <laughs> they, they, they were, they came out in fig leaves and stuff. They were like, they yeah. tried to cover up, trying yeah. to cover up is the immediate response to knowing you did something wrong, right? You might get in less trouble if, you, if you're direct and you're like, yo, listen, I was in a place I wasn't supposed to be, and yeah. I'm a kid. This is what I do. And I kind of, I mean, you, but the thing is, it's not in our nature <laughs> to fess up. It's not in our nature to acknowledge. We try to cover up. So what you're going to yeah. get is a generation of kids that are going to find new ways to cover up. So as a parent, 
you know what? The challenge is now, how much do I engage without enabling? How much do I engage without making it seem as if it's okay? And because you also don't want your kids learning how to hide so well that you don't know what the up. Exactly. But you can't can't prohibit them completely either from the real world that is going on around them. Because now in protecting them, you remove any hopes of being able to prepare them for it. That's why I play certain music. I play my music for them. When I don't want to tell them everything that I did, I just play the music for them. And they'll hear, and I know they hear it. You know, it, kids are not dumb. They hear right. certain things that you've been through, right? When 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 I play the music, I, they look at me a little different, and I can see it in them. But they don't. I don't acknowledge it. I don't say nothing. But I know that they'd be like, you know what? My dad has been through something, or you know, they just like, wow, dad, I ain't know that about you. Like, but they need to know some of those things about you because they're yes. they from you. They're they're from you, and they can make those same mistakes. So what I try to do is, and what I am currently trying to do, is guide them without without just getting on them. You know what I mean? To 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 influence without instructing. Yeah. Like, to, yeah. To, to leave something in their presence that changes the environment and navigating without forcing it down the throats. Yes, you have to be intentional, but there's you could be tactful. You yeah. could be you could be subtle, right? Nobody says that direct has to be a sledgehammer. Direct no. could be a scalpel. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is the challenge. I'm I'm telling you, I have three heroes, right? Parents, teachers, and that number three is a floating category for whoever I'm pleased with at that point in time. <laughs> but right, but parents and teachers have um this this they don't get to switch off. They don't get to switch off. Right? There's no there's no off button when it Trust comes me, to, I know. Right? So what you have to constantly do as a parent is reassess and reinvent. Because you know what the funny thing is? As soon as they get accustomed to babies, they become toddlers. As soon as they get accustomed to toddlers, they become infants. Or they, they start moving around and they start, after you get accustomed to that, they're prepubescent. Then when they get accustomed to, you know, this injection of chemicals into their bodies that did not exist before and you're navigating puberty, on top of that, right, on top of that, their thought processes are changing because they're more than likely exposed to all these different cultures and environments. So you have to navigate a chemical injection as well as experiential injection. Mm. You as a parent cannot apply the same parenting skills that you used on a five-year-old that you would use on a 15-year-old. But you can't prepare a 15-year-old to think like a 25-year-old if you only treat them like a 15-year-old. Yeah. Yo, mm. what? That is confusing. And it's confusing because we don't know how they're acting that day. Because of that chemical change that's going on, we just don't know what what version that day we're going to get. Mm-hmm. We're going to yep. get the sweet, the sweet one or the totally terrible rah, monster yep. out of the cage. Like, everybody's mm-hmm. wrong. I'm tired. No. They, and, and they're just going through it. It was really hard for me to realize that because I still love my little my little young person and I and I keep wanting to treat them like the little 
young yeah. version. No. And I got and I'm coming in and I'm being totally transparent. I'm coming into understanding right now because we've clashed so much. And I said, hold up, let me drop back and try to figure this out because this is a critical time for me to build even a stronger relationship yeah. with them. You, you understand? And and so when they do get older, they can come to me, you know, and I want to be able to be that old wise man for my kids. So, mm-hmm. or just that, that, that figure that didn't fall out. You, you understand? So it's a, a teenager life is a critical point, bro. It is, it is a critical point because I had to realize it. And as parents, we have to realize what they're going through. A lot of times we'll get really, really angry. Like, what are you doing? Are you retarded? And excuse me for using such a posse, uh, non-politically yeah. correct word, but mm-hmm. it's, it's things, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, I'll be like, they be doing some retarded-ish. You, that's how that's how I feel. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what in the world? But I have to pull back and then reassess it like, okay, that was me at that age. I just didn't realize it because I was living it. <laughs> and yeah. then when I talked and when I talked to my dad, he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're getting it all back right now. This way mm-hmm. you're getting it all back. So you're right, man. You're you're absolutely right. It, we so parents and teachers are in a sense a scientist. <laughs> we're yeah, we're like constantly experimenting scientists. <laughs> and the that is that is why most parents suffer from two two common things across the board, at least any parents with the salt. One, they feel like they don't know what they're doing. And they're deathly afraid of being found out that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So what you get now is a from the time a, a, a child or a teenager challenges the parent, they immediately switch from, wow, I, I have no clue what to do here, to having to defend the position of not having a clue what to do. So they go from, yeah, well, you shouldn't be doing this, that, or the other. Yeah, but you used to. This is my house, my rules, my way. Because I said so. Because now you've gone from having a, co- a conversation, trying to navigate mm-hmm. a crisis, to having to mm-hmm. protect your authority to even have that conversation. Every day. And you, you've <laughs> lost. From the time you've gotten to that point, you've lost. And knowing that you're losing to somebody that's answering to you, oh, come on, man. That, <laughs> Yo. Listen, man. Listen. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give some parenting advice. You just tell them to do and shut up and just be quiet. You tell them what to do. Let them know that there's consequences for not doing and just shut up. That's the problem I had. I wouldn't shut up. And and then you find yourself arguing with a freaking (laughs) 14-year-old back and forth because they do got some smart mouths. And when they're highly intelligent, Mm -hmm. oh, man, it could get out of hand. So, yeah. I just have to shut up. And that's for any parent out there who's going through something with their fellow teenager, or as me and my wife call them, me-nagers. They're me-nagers. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're going through that, set the set set the set the, the rule. Let them know the consequence for not doing it, or there will be consequences. And shut up. That's all you got to do, I promise you. And hit the catch, right? When you engage like that, once you once you've lost your emotional edge 
in terms of you engage the emotion that they bring up within you, you've de you've you've deteriorated your authority. Because now you get down to shouting matches, you get down to the same type of thing that you're coming at them for. Because you're you're legitimately angry. Nobody nobody responds to being disrespected with this. Um, you know what? I recognize the chemical turmoil that you're going through right now, <laughs> and I'm not going to take this personally. No, nobody does that. It's like you. What? Who are you talking to? The catch is, I don't have kids, right? But I parent parents. <laughs> that, that is. I, hey, man. I parent I parent adults. So it yeah. you know how it is to tell somebody that yo, you've been raising a kid for 20 years and with no disrespect, but you're doing it wrong because you're doing it the way that you were doing it 10 years ago. How dare I say that when I've never had to raise a kid? Yeah, right? how dare but, how dare you, Cardo? How dare right? you? <laughs> but the thing is when you when you're when you're exposed. Right when you're exposed to enough of other people's experiences, you get to pick up commonalities. Right when you listen closely enough, you get to pick up on experiences. You, while I might not have the actual situational experience, it does not mean that I have not experienced the feeling. Right, and this is a thing where we get so. I, there's a line that I love to use: that people will people, people will people. We take things very personally because we involved. But people are gonna people. Let me ask you a question: Which betrayal hurts more, the betrayal from a spouse, the betrayal from a sibling, the betrayal from a business partner, the betrayal from a child? Which one hurts more? The fact remains: the betrayal feels the same, but we contextualize the betrayal based on what the relationship is. But the actual feeling itself is betrayal. So you know what? Mm. I could feel disappointed. And I recognize what disappointment feels like. I could feel disrespected and recognize what disrespected feels like. Sometimes we have to remove the situational context and acknowledge that the feeling that we're feeling is common. So mm. it, when, we, when we remove the situational context, then we could engage the relationship, not from a role perspective, but from the emotional and intellectual perspective. So why right. is my child getting on like this you know what your child exists in that single day the entirety of their lives revolves around the day that they are in they are not just short-sighted because they don't care about the future they're short-sighted mm. because their minds are not developed enough to process things like yeah yeah so here the catch right the my i you can't go to the movies today that is the biggest problem in the world to that teenager because to that teenager, going to the movies that day was the biggest thing that day, which would have been the biggest thing in their world. You mm. know in the grand scheme of things, yo, this is one movie. You could catch it tomorrow. If you get your chores right or you get attitude right, I might let you go by next week. Yes. That is not how they exist. That is not how they exist. You know what it means? It means they miss an opportunity to see a friend. And worse yet, in this climate, in this day and age, come on. You know that society yeah. is one of the key motivators to a teenager. So to you, it's a consequence and a punishment mm. for behavior. Yeah. But to them, you are alienating them from one of the most identity-defining situations and experiences that they might have. Fact. So, mm, it's not easy and it's not fun. Hence, parents, 
teachers and well whoever else have to please me at that point in time but will always parents and teachers are top two of my three heroes wow right right man. through man you just debunked a lot of stuff for people out there today you just you just debunked some stuff for me but hearing it hearing it again gives me confirmation because literally these last few days i have been just like just like trying to figure this out trying to figure this out and my biggest thing is you know i'm a talker man i'm a talker mm. and i'm a, i'm i'm a, i'll do some lip service and just make sure we all i don't care who it is it, most people want to just get their point across and feel yeah. like they've been, they've been heard. Yeah. It's just, you know, I have to realize it's the same for them. They want to hear their point get across too. And it have it has um, to be a balance of communication. It has to be a balance of boundaries. It has to be a it, it's it's like so many different factors that play into it. But the first and foremost is it's just, you know, just be quiet. That's my biggest thing. Just I'm just going to be quiet. And it's hard for me. You, you're a communicator and you're creative, so you could find some very creative ways to, to communicate. <laughs> and um, you know, that's that's one of the things, right? People forget that they, they've always said it that uh, when you when when a poet, when when you've um, when in a poet's eyes you are a villain, you are a villain forever, right? The the, the fact is, you could the narrative you could create, being a creative, the narrative you could craft shapes communication and doesn't just shape communication it shapes perspective what we're failing to realize is that the kids we engage in with we are shaping a narrative and a perspective for them that while we think this is we, we don't we don't get that the feelings that we had when we were teenagers that we still struggle with and unpacking and healing and unlearning 25 and 30 years later we actually yeah. creating these scenarios for them to have to unpack and unlearn and heal 25 30 years later we, we we fail to realize that we are becoming the villains of our own stories mm. and we're so afraid of being viewed that way that we're going to validate being that way so you know what mm. they should not have spoken to me like that they know what the right thing is i've i've been speaking to you about this for so long etc you had no right to talk to me like that. We don't use that language in this house. Well, I mean, you know, these, these, I'm just saying that it, it's hard for parents. It's really, really, really hard for parents. That is and, facts. And the thing is, can we navigate our parental relationship without becoming polarized as well? Can we acknowledge that, hey, because of the language you used, we're not having this conversation anymore? And when they mutter something under their breath, instead of, what you just say to me? Who are you mm -hmm. talking to? We're like, told you we're not having this conversation. There are going to be consequences for the way that it went. But when you're ready to speak to me, we will speak. The, the thing is, we, there has to be a level of detachment. Because if we engage an emotionally engaged person, emotionally then there is nobody to correct the course. There is nobody to hold it to a line. There's nobody to rein it in. But that is very hard to do, especially when you have emotional connections to your kids. Yep, yep, because you just want so much of the best for them. <laughs> and, and, and it just, it, it does come out, man. So, yeah. Cardo, I need, I need people to know a little bit more about everything that you do. 
you know, we they got it all the way out there. And <laughs> um, and I, I want to start rounding it up a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Tell tell us, you have a you have an awesome project going on, uh, in nonprofit for young ladies. Uh, yeah. Could you elaborate on that? Like that's it's it's dope. I, I looked at it as one of the dopest things I've seen in a long time, man. From a different perspective, I thought it was great. Could you explain to the people out there what that is? Right. Well, I I am a representative of the Sapphire Miriam Foundation. Right. My cousin, my cousin started Simone Claxton. She started a foundation of a decade plus ago, probably 11 or 12 years ago, because while she was at work a day, she saw a young lady come in and it was a social service she was providing. So when the young lady came in, she saw this young girl, this young lady with a child. And she was saying to herself, well, wow, she probably has it hard. She's already in for social support. Um, then she realized that the young lady was also navigating a newborn. And she's thinking to herself, well, she looks like she's a single mother. When she found out what the situation was, she felt like her heart broke, realizing that there was this young single mother who was navigating uh, her life as was, and she felt like she didn't have any support. So Simone started the Sapphire Miriam Foundation, named after her own daughter, Sapphire. And she spent the couple of years developing these community-style projects where she was engaging single mothers and young ladies young girls, right? Because she wanted a mentor to help to help them be able to make better decisions going forward. And last year, she wanted to do a version of the program where she was engaging like 20 young ladies from her community. At that point in time, because of uh, COVID lockdowns and that type of thing, meeting would have been ill-advised, if not illegal. And she wanted to find a way to continue the project and there was a, a friend of hers a woman she'd met through some similar work named beverly out of dominica who said why don't you do the project online so that some of my girls in dominica could benefit from it too so in speaking with simone i explained to her say listen this thing that you wanted to do for 20 girls in a little community it's not practical in the sense that this is 2020 it was 2021 at that point in time mm -hmm. Nobody does anything in person that they could do remotely. Yeah. And while it is good for people to come together and, and commune, it was also impractical given what it is we were navigating at that point in time. So we ended up getting some sponsorship to, you know, upgrade her internet and that type of thing. Uh, big up the Sibaran family. Um, we launched the program online. It spread to 10 countries and territories across the Caribbean and South America. And, wow. And there are girls from Suriname, Guyana, Jamaica, Haiti, Dominica, St. Lucia, Barbados, Grenada, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Turks and Caicos, not even, not, and I haven't even mentioned Trinidad and Tobago yet. Yeah. And what we ended up doing was these little sessions where they would join on a Saturday morning. I mean, there were a lot of bugs to work out, admittedly. Yes. You know, you're talking about these internet connections across these different countries. Yes. Yes. There was a barrier language with Haiti, so we had to get some um, people who were speaking French to try to um, navigate. Let me explain to you the actual challenges to doing the legwork. Haiti didn't have the infrastructure we have. So in terms of the devices was one thing. 
but even the internet access. There was a guy with um Crick Crack is a project in Haiti where he has a mobile internet station. He drives around with a van providing internet to different communities. Wow. So this is this is one of the things that we fail to acknowledge from um not just a mentorship, you know, but from this this to some um, social service point of view. Yes. We don't acknowledge that even the positions we have are positions that other people are hoping for, praying for, working towards. So we think, you know, my gosh, how are these kids going to get devices to access the program? How did, how is the community going to get internet to access the program? Exactly. Right. So we did, um, we ended up doing entrepreneurship. We did some self-esteem. We did some uh, puberty and sexual health. I want to shout out our assistants from Canada. Uh, what I'm saying is we had people from different countries pouring in and just helping to shape for these girls a different idea of the realities they were existing. There was a lot of it that was about self-esteem and mental health, um, you know, things like climate change, even just trying to expose these young ladies to a different type of community where they would meet other girls within their age from different regions, different territories, hear different accents. You know, we did um, a session where they spoke about the different foods and different things from the countries. But the whole premise is to empower these young ladies. It's called the Sapphire Miriam Foundation Dream Big Girls Empowerment Program. It's a mouthful, but as it does actually drop the foundation name as well as the entire project name. Yeah. But the, the premise is that if supported from earlier, these young ladies will make better decisions as young women and better position themselves to not re- come to continue cycles that they may be exposed to, or at least prepare them to help other people navigate those cycles if they end up in them. So we did things like domestic violence and gender-based violence. I actually want to acknowledge the Steve and Marjorie Harvey Foundation because uh, Sharon Page of the foundation, she, um, she hosted a session with a Caribbean Girls Meetup. So we actually really? had the, yeah, yeah. They the actually Steve Harvey Foundation? Steve and Marjorie Harvey Foundation. Wow. And this is like, when when those types of, when you get a type of interest and support from a project you started a couple of weeks ago, it, it really encourages you and it emphasizes the need for the type of thing. So what I'm going to put out here is that, listen, I am a, I'm going to be 40 years old. I'm a man with no kids and I'm mentoring. I'm in a project that is mentoring young women across the region. It will not always be what it is we want it to be. We won't always get the results that we're looking for. But what I'm saying is, the only qualifications you need to care is to care. And yes, while there may have been obstacles presented by the pandemic, while there would have been obstacles presented by terrain and, and, and infrastructure and that type of thing, the project became what it could because we crossed the bridge that we were on at that time. Navigating these different personality types and these different cultures was also something we had to learn. But what I'm saying is if you care, try. You don't know what it is going to become. You don't know what your involvement is going to do to shape the environment around you. So I'm just saying that you don't have to, pardon my language, but you don't need to know your ass from your elbow. Yes, facts. You you can learn. You can learn. The important thing is to be there. Sometimes just being there is enough to give these kids the, the esteem that they matter. And once they believe that they matter, they're going to start to work they're going to start to look. They're going to start because they need it, whether they know it or not, whether they admit it or not. They need the leadership. They need the interest. They need the support. And sometimes 
the people that they would expect support from are the villains. So it's also good for you to involve yourself in something outside of a community in case somebody outside of a community needs a positive injection. And you right? and you pull them in. So my yeah. question is, um, what what are the age ranges of the young ladies that you guys are working with to to take advantage of the program? What are the age ranges? The the plan was thirteen to eighteen, and it turned out being like ten to twenties. To we we have women who were in the early twenties and that type of thing who were benefiting from the program, and not to, um. Not to call out any particular country because I don't want anybody saying that I embarrass them or misrepresent the culture, but there are even differences in terms like um, you know, literary literacy skills. Right? You would get people who are interested in the program, but they're intimidated by might be the communication styles of the country, they're intimidated by how well how educated they sound listening to other people speaking, that type of thing. So what it did for us is going into semester two, we realize now that there are more interpersonal things to work on in terms of you know strengthening uh, let's say orientation or even doing some basic introductory or supplementary sessions where we could get some of these people who have brilliant ideas up to our communication level where they feel comfortable or mm -hmm. you know it's, it's just you want to do the work and you want to see results but we feel to realize that the objective of it is not just to produce you know but it's to process we want to help yes. people become and I think a, a, a lot of what it is we're doing out here is about trying to help people become. We could pour information and stats and present situations yeah. all we want, but it's about what your challenges are. How have you been polarized and helping you find that balance again? And I'll be frank with you, Gritty. I was a big advocate for balance until I realized that balance was still just another bridge I was on. Once you mm. attain balance, which is the proper distrib the even distribution of weight across a system, right? Yes, yes. You move into looking for harmony, where you no longer have to properly distribute it, but you could stack and combine, and you could layer these things. So you don't lose balance, right? But now you don't have to separate issues either, right? Oh, harmony. man. Harmony I, I think that might have flew over a few people, but that's, that's right. deep. That's, that's deep. All right. That's deep. That's. I appreciate that. That was a word for me today. Yo, um, I, what it, I'm going to do? It's for it's who it's for. So what I'm going to do is bring light to Sapphire Miriam Foundation, um, in the way that I can. So when it's all said and done, for all my listeners out there, when it's all said and done, you'll see the link uh, to their website in there. And if you want to pour into them, please do. Because they're doing an awesome work. Um, on my side, I'm I'm gonna actually reach out to some people to see if they would like to implement the, you know, your your structure that you guys have. Bring something to to the states. We always have a bunch of stuff here in the states, right? But one thing I do know is people in the states continually work with just people in the states. Right. I think it would I think it would be beneficial for. Uh, some of the young ladies to see how they're living in these other countries, mm -hmm. right? For them to see it from their perspective internationally, you know, and for us on the state side to see, say here, we got a lot of resources that we're not using. A lot of a lot of the, the young ladies have resources here that are available to them that mm -hmm. they may not just be using that you could give light on how they could help down there. You, you know, it could go back and forth. I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's like one of those things where I could see something happening 
just by uh, having some of our urban youth in our mm-hmm. urban city uh, ladies that are, you know, single yeah. parents at an early age, all kinds of stuff here too. It's, yeah. it's all over the place, but I think it would be a great connection for them to see sometimes you actually may have it made a little bit more differently here because of the economic status that is here versus some of these remote places where these people mm-hmm. are doing the same thing you're doing with less than what you have. So, and you, you, you know. You know it's, it's not only economics, right? We have to acknowledge cultural differences in terms yeah, of the, what norms are, right? What yeah. the norms are. But let me point, let me tell you two things, right? In wrapping up that particular um, endorsement, uh, you know, thanks for the opportunity to bless the foundation. I am... Um, w- Women, young women across the world have common problems. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what the economical circumstances are. It doesn't matter what the family structure is like. There are certain problems that young women across the world have. And a lot of women feel like they are the only person going through that because they're not hearing many other people talking about it or expressing it. You have any idea how this Instagram culture is impacting the way these young women feel about themselves when they only see a certain type of woman represented, they only see a certain type of response. Their their, their body image issues and self-esteem issues that are prevalent across the board. And it is helpful for these young ladies to start to connect and identify with other people so they'll realize that even the people they see in posting having these issues, right? It's about developing a sense of what we call peer mentorship where they could start realizing that, listen, while we might have so many things different about us, we can be friends, or we could pour into each other, or we could learn from each other, or we could help each other, which leads me to the second point. The principle is that water wets the pipes that bring it. Mm. You benefit from what you distribute. I have never once turned on the faucet and gotten water from a dry pipe. The fact Mm -hmm. remains is once it is delivering it, it benefits from it. What we pour out into people impacts us. It shapes us. It changes us. Mentorship has changed who I am as a person because I was impacted by what I was delivering. I was impacted by the feedback. You, um, You ever realize that once something is running through our system, it is less likely to dry rot or erode? Yeah. The, right. The, the fact remains is when you don't use something for a while is when it's most likely to deteriorate. Right. You benefit yeah. from what you distribute. You benefit. You benefit from what you propagate. So reaching out and helping people on a community level like this benefits you as an individual. If I only knew how much I would have grown in that year doing that project, I, you know, what I might have been intimidated by it. I'm just saying mm. that you don't you don't leave unchanged. You don't get into this work and come out the same person that you went in. And it's like, as you as you mentioned earlier, it's like the service. You know, there's good and there's bad. But I will yeah. not. I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't take back. I wouldn't take back that process. I wouldn't take back those connections. I wouldn't take back the fact that you know what these young ladies across the Caribbean are calling me Uncle Card, uh, not Uncle Card, but Mister Ricardo, and. <laughs> And Uncle Ricardo and <laughs> Sue and that type of thing. I'm not. I'm yeah. not a Sue. I'm. I'm Cardo. I'm. I'm. I'm just Cardo. I'm just a guy who's trying to leave people better than I meet them in whatever capacity I could function. So to answer your See. original question as to who am I and what do I do, 
Yo, the Sophia Miriam um, Foundation is one project. I have a podcast called Inquisitive Minds. We're three young black brothers. Wear t-shirts and sneakers and we just sit on and talk sense. We literally yeah. just bring guests on to break down boardroom discussions so that the layman could learn something from it. So you would learn how uh, economic crisis could impact the you being able to repair your car two years later. Right? Well, yeah. we, we just break down conversations so that they mean something. And we want people to realize that you don't have to look a certain way to have a certain type of conversation. No, right? uh, not at all. I host the, the Living Room, I co-host the Living Room on WAC 90.1 FM, which is a variety radio talk program. We've gone visual, so you could actually look at the episodes of us just talking, running social commentary, interviewing guests on mental health, sports, community, that type of thing. Is If you want to get a feel for what Caribbean conversation could be like, you could check it out as well. But the, the bottom line in terms of who I am, listen, I am all things to all men. Wherever God sent me at a point in time is who I will become. I've been a Facts. graphic artist. I've been Facts. designing logos. I've been doing video editing. I've been mentoring. I've emceed events. I've done all whatever it takes to get the job done, I end up doing. Album covers. <laughs> 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 Yo, and, and the thing is, th those those are just tools to equipment to do something else. So I don't really identify as any of these things that I do. Right? My identity is not tied to what I do. My identity is a reflection of who I am. So yeah. you know what? Bottom line, I'm a catalyst. I will engage hey. any system to facilitate the job getting done. Fact. And I think everyone I deal with at some point is... is we're we're all catalysts, right? Many different wear many different hats. Always got the irons in the fire, mm -hmm. you know. Always trying to change something, the narrative of something. You you know, I like dealing with people like that, man. I like dealing with you, Ricardo, man. I always get some some fact bombs and jewels whenever I chat with you, you know, like, uh, I'm going to tear that one analogy up. I'm going to tear that analogy all the way up. When I try to tell somebody else about the water and the pipes, you know, you go use, a, use this pipe. It's never going to go dry. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tear that pipe, that analogy up, but that's a great analogy. If you don't use something, it, it oxidizes and rust, you know, our skin is the same way. If we don't moisturize our skin, it gets mm -hmm. ashy and hard. And if you don't use it, uh, and use your your body a lot. You're going to get overweight. You're going to you're going to you know get into a certain way. You're going to get more fluff than muscle. So it's one of those things. You know you have to be. Hey man, I see you, man. I see you. I see you. I see you. When you, I was in the yo huh? when you when you when you invited me to join the dad bod podcast, I thought yo I can't I can't have a dad bod. And I don't have kids, so I started. I started getting it back together, yeah, and then, um, yeah, you know, it, it feels it feels good. I feel like alive again. I feel like I didn't realize how much that exercise would have lifted my sense of wellness completely. It's physical. It's chemical. It's exercise mental. is important. It's mental. It's it. Yeah. So I'll tell you, man. I deal with like dealt with depression. Dealt deal with just. Uh, I have a different attitude when I don't work out. Yeah. Like. I have a whole nother attitude. It's like, yeah, it's a, mm. but when I work out, whatever stress I may have, whatever things I put it all in the, into that weight yeah. or onto that treadmill or onto whatever exercise I'm doing. Like before the episode today, um, you know, I have to get my gym time in. Like mm -hmm. I'm 
trying to lose some weight so I could shave and edge my beard up because I said I wasn't going to I wasn't going to do anything to it until I lost a certain amount of weight. Right. So, and my and I have to lose this weight before my birthday because I'm not going to look raggedy on my birthday. You know. Yo, I'm, so I'm gonna be forty. I'm gonna be forty in the end of April. April the twenty sixth. I'm gonna be forty years old. So you know what has to happen when I hit forty? I need to I need to be able to say to myself, "This is how I'm going into my forties." Right. And yes. it, it can't be on the way down. It has to be on the way up. That's, Man, that's I'll my be, plan. I'll be 42 at the end of March. Hmm. I'll be 42. So Yo. I'm going to tell you, it changes. You'll notice a change in the atmosphere when you turn 40. It's like oh, the, yeah, yeah. the way it was explained to me, we live our lives in quarters. Our age go by mm -hmm. different quarters. I'm in the third quarter right now. I'm in the yeah. third quarter. And then the fourth quarter is coming, you, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the fifth quarter, because I'm I'm gonna stay sick. <laughs> you, 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 you go in, you go in for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but get it together right now. So mm -hmm. when I do get older, people uh treat me like they treat my father. When they see my father, because he's so active, he worked he worked like generally hard most of his life. He'll be yeah. he'll be what, eighty two this year. But when people mm -hmm. see my father, they're like, Ain't no way in the world you're you're in your eighties. Yeah. The way he moves, the way he lifts stuff, the, the the muscles he still have at eighty, compared to other people his age that I've seen, they think he's in. They think he's younger than them, and he's actually right. older than them. People in their sixties yeah, yeah. think he's younger than them, you know. And and I was like, I want to be that. I want to be that. So diet, all of that plays a part, you know, is really huge. But I want to say this, man. Um, I'm going to post all the stuff we talked about today, you know, you know, for the listeners out there, the links to his show, uh, the YouTube, uh, the the Sapphire Miriam Foundation, all of that good stuff you guys are going to be in is at the bottom. OK, so just click on the links. Um, I need you guys to really support and uh, it'll also be on my website. I'm going to post your links. Uh, on my website so people can yeah, have a I, reference to get there, man, because I believe in I what you guys do. Bro. I believe in that, you know, and uh, each one teach one. And uh, and that's what I'm seeing here, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most most def, most definitely. Yo, if you a hey, special good day to my boy, PD Nature, Freddie. Um, PD! It, it, it's been a minute, dog. But all talks that aside, let me let me explain something to y'all. Freddie and I started speaking off an Instagram post, right? Literally off an Instagram post years ago. And the community of people that I've met since then, the opportunities that have opened up, the growth we've all uh, exhibited, the challenges we face. I just want to tell you something. Your life literally changes on a dime. Obedience, yep. obedience. You see, when that when you go to spray movie in that moment, Right? And if you're not so inclined, when your instincts kick in, listen, give give your life a chance. Give your life a chance. You have no clue what could come out of any of your actions. So the, the same the same hope, the same possibility that exists, it also means you have to exercise some caution and responsibility too. Because you never know what could come out of your actions. Right? But on that note, yo, just like, again, you don't have to be polarized. You know, it doesn't have to be all good. It doesn't have to be all bad. Right? Learn mm -hmm. learn to find a value in a situation. Even if it doesn't feel good at that moment, 
right? You don't have to abandon the entire thing because it's a little discomfort or because it's not necessarily perfectly aligned with what it is you believe, right? Find the value in something. Don't, don't let polarization rob you of growth. Don't let polarization rob you of experience, right? So as you, as you said earlier, bro, some of them same young cats in Afghanistan, they joined their causes for the same reasons that some of us joined ours. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there's more people. There's more people than just the narrative. You yeah. know, than just the narrative. So try to, try to open your mind to what emotional experiences they may have been having when they end up in the situation that you encounter them. Yeah. So there goes, we, we, I'm going to hit the underlying topic real quick. The underlying topic at the beginning of the show was you said it. And the reason I, I I use that one today is because, you know, the power of word, the power of manifestation. If you constantly have people telling you they're going to fight, they're going to fight, they're going to go to war, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. You're manifesting it every time you say that. Mm. What if what if everybody just said it's going to get better? It's going to it's, right. it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful how everybody's going to love each other. If everybody would just take that into uh, account, uh, I think things would be better because we're putting putting it out there, and you're going mm-hmm. to be trying to manifest something different. Because personally, we all try to manifest the best things for our lives. But what about the world that we're interrelated with? Like I said in the beginning, we're all interrelated. So you know, the power of the the, the power is in your tongue, and and just think about what's going on out there right now. They've been bad-mouthing each other for for hundreds of years. Hundreds. So you know how much manifestation and build-up that brings? You know, how many decades of just bad manifestation, bad word that you, you've brought into this atmosphere and it's building up. So apparently it's going to happen. If you say it, it's going to happen. And, and at this point, they're believing that it's going to happen because you said it so much and, and it's going to make it yeah. come to fruition. Right. Your, your, it, your perception shaped your reality. And because your perception shaped your reality, you start perceiving, <laughs> is, is this is this Ouroboros? Is this uh, snake eating its own tail thing where you've actually created an outcome because of what you were afraid of it becoming? Yo, plain talk, plain talk. If we start seeing opportunity in conflict, if we start seeing opportunity in crisis, you know, businessmen do it all the time. And that's why they make mm-hmm. the money that they're making. If you see a growth opportunity or a reconciliation opportunity in a conflict or a misunderstanding, well, then you train your mind that way. You start looking for it. And when you start looking for a way out of a problem, you're more likely to find it as well as you're more likely to introduce it if there is none. Exactly. It's, re- it's really just a case of yo, how can we solve this without it getting to that place? Yeah. And yep. it will lend itself in your parent, it will lend itself to your parenting, your teaching skills, your mentorship, your conflict resolution, your growth opportunities, your health. I don't want to just dumb it down to the power of positive thinking. But what I'm saying yep. is that you could control the narrative. And yes. controlling the narrative affects the actions you take after because you have so, a different belief system. This is where I get a little ratchet. If you're stuck in the hole where you're at right now, 
is because you said it. <laughs> I'm going to just keep it real. I'm, I'm going to go keep it all the way 100. If you're in a situation right now and had all the means available to you and you did not take advantage, it's because you said it. Oh, man, I can't do I can't do that right now. Or I won't do this. I'm not going to subject to that. But then you look at where you're at right now. If you would have went ahead and spoke great, you know, I may be able to do this. I may want to do that later. Or I think I can do it, but I'll come back to it. Even though if you procrastinate a little bit, that's okay. But if you could just speak more positive about the things you got going on in your life, you're going to manifest more for your life. So when I wake up every day, I, I wake up, I give thanks in the morning, and then I say to myself, man, how am I going to get my million dollars today? How am I going to get closer to my mm. financial freedom today? How am I going to do that, right? And every day I do something, because I say that, I do something about that situation to try to turn it around a little bit more, right? Yeah. And, and that's where the manifestation come in by your action. By the action you put behind what you want to do, you'll, you'll instinctively try to do something to make that situation actually happen, you know. Um, or or not do something that would hinder it. Even yeah, if I don't, yeah, even if I don't work yeah. out today, I don't need to eat an entire cheesecake. I don't need to go through that whole tub. <laughs> no, I love my cheesecake, yo. But that's, that's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's not the action in the interest of our goals that is the problem yeah. sometimes is the, it, the action contrary to our goals that again is the problem. that's the muscle and the fluff they go yeah. that muscle and fluff again correct so even yeah. if you didn't do it but even if you didn't do it you know instinctively what, what can you not do to still reach right that? man that's dope that's dope that's that's real yeah. dope i didn't it's, think about it that way that's yeah. dope yeah, yeah. sometimes is sometimes it's not about losing ground right Biblically, they tell you, yo, at the end of it all, is to stand. Right? This whole fight against powers and principalities, at the end of it all, is to stand. The way you could defeat any problem by outlasting it. Exactly. Which, so is, um, how do I stand? Yeah, you could be, you you know what? I could be the ant, and they could be the grasshopper. You know, yeah. like, um, I was telling a friend this morning, because I trade crypto. You know, I love trading crypto. Good at it. But at the same time, I've seen an opportunity to create my own banking system for myself. I see mm -hmm. an opportunity because there's not just trading crypto. There's other things that I won't get too deep into about it. But yeah. right now, uh, but there's things you could do to you be the lender and not the borrower. And the Bible right. tells you that. And biblically, they tell you. Be the lender, not the borrower. Mm -hmm. So you, I figured out a way to be the lender, not the borrower, right? So I was telling a friend today, I, I, he was like, man, I got to wait till I get paid to put this a high crazy number, invest a high crazy number, right? And I was like, dude, all you got to do is what I do. When I want to go, because he's on a, a weight loss journey as well, right? Mm -hmm. But- I said, man, when I want to go to Burger King or I want to go to McDonald's, I said, I know it ain't right. So I'll take that money that I was going to spend on getting unhealthy, that little $5 and $10 here, yeah. and put it into something that I know, even if it went down, it would still be in a better place than at 
McDonald's or Burger King. Not nothing against right. McDonald's and Burger King, but it would be I would be more healthier. And then something my little five and ten dollars is actually working for me when I'm not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? Your resources. Imagine we if you did that with time. Imagine mm. if you did that with time. Imagine if you did that with a conversation. Imagine if, imagine, right? If instead of bad mouthing somebody, right? Because of how much they upset you, you redistribute that resource and you were like, yo, you upset me. And I didn't like how I felt and I don't want it to happen again. Can we talk about this? You might get rejected, but you know what you also didn't do? You also didn't eat that fast food. You also didn't throw it away after nothing even if you lost mm-hmm. that particular investment you didn't waste it because yep. you were seeking better yep and then that comes back to make me think about even exercising mm-hmm. by you by you getting healthier you'll be able to give more of your time because you wouldn't be winded or tired or mm-hmm. thinking about food or something else you have that energy to be able to do better so health Health is well for real, man. That is that is the truth. That that statement. Yeah, why well, here's <laughs> what I'm gonna tell you, right? I I'm not speaking as if I know everything. I do acknowledge the wisdom that the Lord pour into me because I asked for wisdom. I didn't understand that when you ask for wisdom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't understand I didn't understand how you get it, right? And I will when I, I will acknowledge that the Lord has given me a, a view to things. I recognize the externality in it. I acknowledge how it how I am being used in positions to extract wisdom from experiences and circumstances. Right? But it's not mine. Right? I'm mm. an outlet. I benefit yes. from what I distribute. So here the catch. Somebody called me wise the other day, and I'm thinking, it's like, yo, I too wise to be this broke. You know what it means? It means that there's an element of my life that I need to address. There's an area where I need to be wiser. So what I want to what I want to use that statement to see is stop taking life so personally. Up, acknowledge and apply the principles even to yourself. Because mm-hmm. while you might be unique and while you might be special, you're not absent consequence you're not absent context you're not absent circumstance the rain mm. falls on the just and the unjust alike i could tell you that i could be wise in an area and foolish in another it is yeah. not a condemnation of who i am it is an opportunity to become wiser in the area that i acknowledge my foolishness facts right when you when you and your daughter disagreeing on something acknowledge that the disagreement is rooted in the reflection of yourself that you're not liking in what it is you see. <laughs> right? I'm talking about the man <laughs> in the mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to make a you know, change. That's, that's the thing. We take it too personally. So yeah, you know what? We have yeah. an emotional investment in what it is happening and we can't learn the principle from it. So that's... I'm just saying, when somebody gets you mad, ask yourself, how much of myself is this a reflection of? And that also helps you scale your response. If I recognize that, listen, I've been the best person I could be in this and it's still not working, then I need to change my approach. Because sometimes, believe it or not, it's not about you. We need to stop taking our lives so personally. Facts, man. You know, that goes with work. 
you know, I work a nine to five until y'all to, until everybody goes to the website and buy a t-shirt, then I can I'll keep working this nine to five. But you know, I have people calling in angry at the company, mm-hmm. not me. And they're taking yeah. it out on me. I mean, they've called me the N-word. They've cussed me out. They have. And I used to um, I used to take it a little personal. Like, then I had to realize they're they're mad at a whole nother entity. They ain't mad at Raymond today. They're not mad at your boy Gritty. They they're mad at, you know, the the entity. You mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And uh I had to we do take stuff too seriously sometimes. Like my my thing is, I had this. I I I'm on the fence about a lot of stuff when it comes to the some of the digital age stuff. When people mm-hmm. say, when people say, "Man, our privacy and all of this and all of that," right? Can I be honest? Who gives yep. a care? Who gives a care? Mm-hmm. Like, because when you when you are left from this realm of the earth that we're on. And and you leave this shell of a body as a spirit, and you go into a whole nother place. The, the, the data and biometrics that they get off you doesn't even matter at this point, because you can't control what I, where I'm going when I leave here. You can't control that. So when people get into, I'm tired of these privacy laws, and I'm tired of this and all of that. I'll be laughing because I'm like, none of this even matters. None of that even matters when I'm gone. Yo, anyway, as I say, <laughs> when you when you stop taking life so personally, yeah. yo, it it really it, it liberates you. It it really frees you up to redistribute those resources elsewhere, redistribute your attention, redistribute your your frustrations, redistribute your energy and your money and your time. And because you know what, you're not fighting. You're not fighting anymore, right? Man, when, how, when... how much are your canceling sessions, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I've I've actually done I've actually done that as well. I've actually had people like pay me to sit down and you know we talk for an hour or two, and then I realized yo, listen, and I have a certificate saying that I should be charging people for this Man, stuff. Who so. needs? Sometimes you don't need a certificate. Sometimes sometimes you don't, and and like you, sometimes you just don't, man. And uh, but on that note, Ricardo, I want to say thank you, and and I want to say. Honestly, you have dropped some of the most knowledge in just this hour and 45 minutes that we've been here. And I know you have so much more to say, and I want you back on the show at some point um, to hit another to hit another topic or whatever with me, man. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here and I'm honored to have you on the show. And uh, I need to get down. I need to get down to to Trinidad, Trinidad. man. Yeah, man. I need to get down there. Yo, don't don't be too surprised if I end up coming up faster than you end up coming down. I'm just saying that uh, life life is changing, man. Life is changing, and we will meet. We will meet soon enough. Yeah, man. I, I have people in North Carolina that I don't mind coming to check as well. So don't be too surprised. Hey, hey, man. I I want to get down there and get some of that that fried conch fish, man. Get some of that conch and. Uh... Yo. <laughs> you want bacon, bacon shark and doubles and roti and yes we, yes we, we have it we have it all man yeah man I, you know and um tell everybody down there i said what's up when you get on the air be like yo my boy gritty said what's good with y'all and, yeah most uh, mo- most deaf most <laughs> deaf i'm gonna i'm gonna tell people that i've been on the dad podcast and i'm a i return the favor i'm gonna drop the link 
in my um in my next episode as well too. Awesome. So, no awesome. worries, bro. I am. Maybe, maybe maybe we come. I come in on the inquisitive minds with y'all one day, man. Oh yeah, most def. Uh there's this dude. Uh, one of my co-hosts, Brendan James. I call him like. Yo, the, the voice, the renewable energy voice. Yo, he's a dude I would love to have a conversation with you. It, it, it's, it, it's a trip. It, anyway, it, it had time for that. But yeah, consider it luck. Oh, right. Well, luck. look, I'm going to start wrapping up. Again, I want to give a yes, shout sir. out to Brooklyn Republic Apparel and Outfitters. You know, drop by bkrepublic.com. Get you some tight gear. Use hashtag dad by podcast in the checkout. Get you 10% off there. As well as, you know, go to my website, dadbodpc, D-A-D-P-O-D-P-C dot com. Check it out. Get your T-shirt and all that good stuff. You can stream the show there. You can see the videos there as well. Um, check me out on Instagram. Just look up the Dad Bod Podcast or Dad Bod PC on Instagram. And uh, just check me out. Facebook, same thing, Dad Bod Podcast with Raymond Gritty Green if you're on Facebook. Like it, share it, all that good stuff. Even on the Instagram, uh, not the Instagram, or on the YouTube channel, share it. It makes no sense to just watch it and not share it. Or just simply hit like, that little thumbs up button that be on here. Hit the like button on there, and that, that helps my algorithm out. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell when you see all that good stuff on there. Um, shout out to my wife, who be keeping me right, keeping me in the in the right place, in the right mind form be whipping my butt and stuff you know shout out to my wonderful beautiful black queen janique i love you boo uh shout out to my kids who are uh constantly keeping me on my toes and shout out to all the people out there i want to you know i want to say i want healing over the world right now healing over the nations you know what i'm saying we got a lot going on out there whatever you do you know, it, it doesn't matter if they're in the Ukraine. They could be right in your own hometown. People are still struggling as well. We want to pray for those people. And we want to pray for everybody going through it. This is your boy, Raymond Gritty Green, with the Dad Bob Podcast. Holding down like four flat tires on a Volkswagen with four fat people in it. Keep it real. We out. Peace.